are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Sarah Sullivan. Sarah is a creative, unique educator and soon to publish her first children's book, Frankie. We'll be right back with Sarah, but first let's talk about privilege. So somebody posted on Facebook, a very good friend of mine, an article on channel3000.com called Bootstrap Myth Exposed, White Inheritance, Key Driver in Racial Wealth Gap by David Dahmer. And I've been thinking about it a lot, actually. I've been thinking about privilege even before I saw his post. I'm thinking about my privilege of being here at La Muse. And it's a privilege on a lot of levels, one of which is I came here last summer. So I've been here twice in the same year. Incredible. And when I came here last summer, I was still immersed in my depression. And I came here to heal and feel good. The Muse Writers and Artists Retreat, if you don't know about it, it's in southern France. It's the most beautiful place. It is the most beautiful place. And it is a part of France I keep being drawn back to. And actually, Sarah, my guest, and I have talked a little bit about the Cathars. There's this long, steeped history in the Christian religion of the Cathars who were per- persecuted here and may, some of which have been actual progeny of Jesus. Interesting stuff. But for some reason, I'm drawn back over and over again to this region because I love the food, the cheese, the wine, the beautiful countryside. We're looking right now out a window. We're in the library, surrounded by books, some of which are actually by authors who came here, looking down into the river valley with a river that rushes and has the most beautiful sound. It is peaceful. It is tiny. There's about 70 people who live in this village. And for an artist or a writer, the isolation of being here is gorgeous. And it is a privilege that I can afford to come here, that I'm in a state of mind that allowed me to buy the plane ticket the first time and the second time, that I found the time and space to come, and that my depression is no longer with me is like one of the biggest privileges in my life, that I have the resources and the support and the, the, the whatever to get through it and be in a good place right now. Not that it won't come back, you all know this. Depression comes and goes, we hate it, but it is, I feel, a place that brings me to a quiet that in some ways is like going on a retreat. That sounds really horrible because it's miserable being depressed, but there's something about that quiet space that serves a function in my life and makes me go internal and be able to take the time to evaluate things that slows me down. Because when I'm not in my depression mode, I'm in my anxiety mode. And in my anxiety mode, I'm very productive and go, 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 which is also not good. I, I hope someday to blend these two worlds of depression and anxiety and find a good space to be in. This for me is a good space to be in, partly because I'm so removed from my busy daily life. But when I look at my busy daily life, it is the definition of privilege. I'm a college professor. I am a mentor to art students. I don't just teach college, but I teach college art, which is a privileged space. Most people think if you become an artist, you either have to have money, be a trustafarian, as my friend calls them, or you have to be someone who has some sort of 
your willingness to be poor and struggle and you know eh, live at the bottom of the pool. But I don't think it's really that. I think you can. I know artists in Bali actually who make a living making the traditional artwork of the region, and they live very humbly. Art doesn't is actually something we need. It feeds our soul. It is a privilege to be an artist and to make things that touch people's hearts and to make something like this show. It is a privilege to be a radio host. It's a privilege to have you as my audience. So on that note, I'll just end with a quote from John F. Kennedy, which is, privilege is here, and with privilege comes responsibility. Today we have with us in the studio Sarah Sullivan. Sarah is a creative, unique educator, and soon to publish her first children's book, Frankie. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the Depression Session. Thank you for having me, Laura. Very excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> We're in the news. We're, We're in France. We're in France. That is a privilege. Yeah. Last time I was here, there was a woman from Indiana, and about every day she'd look at all of us and say, guess what? And we knew at a certain point, and we'd say, what? And she'd say, We're in France. <laughs> and it's such a beautiful day. Blue sky, trees outside. Yeah, it's lovely. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How'd you get here? <laughs> So my journey. Wow. You don't have to tell your depression story no, yet. You no, can no. just stick with like my, this present moment. Uh, my present moment. So I have come from Australia where I was for the last two months. But before that, I was in Europe. And in September, I was actually at Lemuse Retreat as well. So currently, I am here working on my picture storybook. And I have now edited and finalized my writing component of Frankie. And now I'm just working out on the illustrations through my collage which I'm very excited and it's the new chapter of my life, which, yeah, it's, I'm very humbled to actually be moving forward in that direction. It is amazing to be here with someone who was also here twice in the same year. Mm. We had our summer visit and our yep. spring visit. What, what do you feel like the difference between those two are? I feel that I have actually been more productive. Uh, I'm not tempted to be outside by the amazing uh, French summer and the incredible blue sky. I think there's a different tone here this time. There's a definitely a different energy and it's it's far it's much peaceful, more peaceful. And it's it's been really interesting connecting with the people I have connected with. I've been really blessed to be here for a month's time and not three weeks. And I've met a variety of people from all over the world and it's given me a new appreciation of the cultural diversity. And can you tell us a little bit about your being drawn back to this region? We talked about the Cathars a second yeah. ago. So I was here in September and I was dealing with the grief of my Nana passing away and also leaving Hong Kong after seven years. So I originally was signed up to do French for two months in Montpellier, but unfortunately the Nice Bastille Day attack happened and my father was like, I think there was an artist retreat we were thinking about. So I quickly applied and I got in touch with Kerry and I ended up here and I've never experienced anything quite like it and I have such a strong connection. The first time I was here I was dealing with my Nana's passing away and I walked the mountains and I, there's mountains everywhere here. There's high ones, there's the low valleys. I walked every trail but it wasn't until coming back this time that I was like amazed and I definitely feel like I've been here before. There's a connection to this area. And there's parts around Levestead that are just, you stop and you feel a connection, whether it's through the stone or grounding yourself by the creek or walking through the creek. It's it's the place that I will keep coming back to because there's a tribe of people here that are accepting of who you are 
no matter where you're from or what you've been through. So, Sarah, tell us the story of your depression. Three years ago, I was in Taiwan, and it was probably one of the lowest points of my life. Everyone would have said that I looked happy. I was happy with a new job. I was really enjoying life, but something was missing. I kept on repeating patterns of behavior that didn't make me happy or true to myself. I was probably drinking too much in Hong Kong, getting caught up in the let's go out for dinner, let's go out for wine, let's go out or competitive sport. And I was in Taiwan standing at this beautiful bridge in Taroka Gorge and I was like, I need to change. There needs to, something needs to happen in my life because I'm not happy. And I went on this journey. I started touching, uh, reaching out to people who were my mentors and asking for advice. And that's where I came across yoga and meditation. And they became fundamental needs of my daily life. And I now have a strong morning meditation and yoga practice. And then I started moving things inside of me that I wasn't quite sure of why, you know, why I was sad and why I was sad when I had an amazing job, I had amazing colleagues, a wonderful friends, a great family, nothing added up. I, I reached out to my friend in Sydney and I asked her I needed help. And it was the first time I'd actually asked someone for help. And it was that little stepping stone that went into great, great movements forward. And so with that, I came across kinesiology, which I didn't have much information about, but I knew through emotional freedom technique, tapping, that I actually had issues with self-love, low self-esteem, fears of dying tragically, abandonment, depression, anxiety, and lack of hope. And I went to my kinesiologist in Hong Kong at Kinesiology Asia and I said, I, I've got these issues. And she was like, wow, like you've done your homework. And But I didn't know what even kinesiology was. And so with her, we started working out through age resets of parts of my life where were low points, where I had dealt with bullying, um, simple things of, you know, having a fight with one of my friends at school, tragic events in my life with the death of parents and friends, uh, death of grandparents and friends, and a, a childhood trauma, which I had suppressed and I didn't actually know had really occurred or made sense to me. So with meditation, I started unraveling deep emotions, which had been tied up and there was no light in there. There was just darkness and shadows. And as I progressed over the last two years, I really, I really discovered that it was important to ask people for help. It was important to share my story, like I'm with you today, and that it's okay to be depressed and it's okay to talk about it. But it's really important to ask for help and know that your family's always there for you. That's something that I took for granted. Like I, I thought, I oh, know I can do this all by myself. No, this journey was too big for me to do all by myself. And so when I was at Lemuse last year, I had just moved out of Hong Kong and I had loved my school that I had worked at for five years, but I was Hong Kong down. There was so much pollution and environmental factors that were taking my sparkle away and actually causing me to feel depressed. 
because when I got to Lemuse, I remember, hey, I could cook and I had a whole kitchen and I was cooking for people and that made me happy. There was fresh air, there was running water, there was people that actually were creative beings, but there was also people that had different stories and were unique like me. So when I decided to come back this time, I had a lot more of a purpose because I went home to my family in Australia to heal. And it was me healing and spending time with my family which propelled me and gave me the confidence to move out of my depression. And uh, as I said to you earlier, that I had the vision of me in meditation pulling me myself out of black tar and then just dropping me beside because I had the right to be happy and it was time to be happy because three years is a long time to be moving through thick black tar and I have a purpose now and I think for the last three years that I sort of lost my purpose of life and my purpose is that I am an artist, I'm a teacher and I love working with little people but I'm a writer I'm a cook I am many things and they're the things that make me happy and I got caught up in a world where I thought there were issues like competitive sport would make me happy that hiking and big mountains and climbing doing things that no one else would normally do but in fact I put my body under a lot of pressure and strain and when I got to Lemuse this time, I was in a very different mindset, but also I had a lot of love and empathy and compassion for my fellow Muses who were around me. But I'm also learning more about myself this trip and in learning that the more I speak about my journey, I find out there are other people that have been through other not-so-easy journeys as well. And it's that connection that has really inspired me to really talk about what we go through in life and that it doesn't have to have a stigma, that, you know, some people have experienced child abuse, some people have been sexually abused, some people have been bullied, some people have gone through depression, but maybe not know what depression is because depression is very different for everyone. And... I'm really happy to be sitting here and talking to you today because I think part of me 12 months ago or two years ago, I didn't think there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's a very big bright light at the tunnel and I finally got to that end. And sitting here, I I actually yesterday when I went for my walk, I sat down by the river with Homer the dog from Lemuse and I was really reflecting on my journey and it's an incredible journey and one that I'm very proud of actually sticking it out um, because there's been moments where I thought I'd, I'd never leave Hong Kong or I'd never actually be happy because I didn't know what happy meant. But what I realised is happy doesn't cost anything. Sitting in nature, listening to the wind, the birds, the rain, the water, that that costs nothing. But that that is pure happiness because it's the earth around you that's actually bringing you to peace and living in Hong Kong it was very difficult to get those quiet places with the noise pollution and light pollution that just walking no matter where you are in the world for half an hour a day 
in nature recharges you. It makes you connect with who who you are and actually just takes away the everyday stress. I think Lemuse isn't just for creative individuals to come to, but it's providing an incredible healing space for for everyone, especially myself, because I I think it's the greatest gift you can actually give yourself is time and space and allow yourself to be creative. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your story. Thank you. And I, I wanted to pull a few things out of there. One is kinesiology. For yeah. those who don't know what yeah. that is, what is it? So it's really interesting, and my kinesiologist is going to love it. To say this, I actually struggled to, even though I have read books, I struggled to actually have a clear definition. So it is muscle memory. So it is balancing your meridian systems, your chakras, your chi systems, your aura. For example, I used to have a lot of blockages in my sacral chakra. And so my kinesiologist, she would actually guide me through, I'd have to give her permission to come into my body. So she would hold my arm. So like uh, working the meridian system in Chinese medicine would find a, the point of the arm. And sometimes... It's like a pressure point. Pressure point, yeah. So, yeah. She's so she would arm. hold and yeah. press that point. And then she's moving your arm up and down. And then she would ask if there's anything that I'd like to discuss or some days there would be a blockage and she would pick that up in the, the energy channels on my body. So over the hour session, we would work through, so if it was low self-esteem or low self-worth, what were moments in my life? And we would need to talk about that to unblock that, to heal that part. So with my journey of childhood trauma, there was a lot of rooting issues in my grounding issues and a lot of fear and anxiety. And that's the stability for everything, yeah, right? Stability. That root. Yeah. yeah, and if you that's not stable, nothing else. You can't be creative. You can't think straight. You're, you're in a blur. You can't be happy. No, I can't be happy. I went with not even understanding what it was, and I have grown to understand what it is, but I struggle to give a definition. For me, it worked. It was an investment. It did cost a little bit of money, but for me, it worked more than seeing a psychologist because I hadn't had great relationships with psychologists, but it was a positive way of moving forward. We used lots of affirmations, essential oils, and sound to clear the chakras as well. It reminds me, I remember somebody asking me once, I was doing a project where I was walking across Mexico and having people yeah. walk with me and share a story. And she said, is it a science or like an anthropology experiment? Mm. Or is this art? Yeah. And this relates, which is I feel that everything can be expressed in art right so but most of our scientific inquiry comes in as language and comes in through our was it left brain yeah. and it comes in in this very logical linear way so you receive all that information and it just kind of goes in very passively yeah and it might get stored and it might not get stored Art takes the same information and pulls it in through your intuition mm -hmm. and it hits you in, they say gut, a gut feeling. It hits you in your gut and moves upward and you might get the exact same information, but it comes in in an emotional and a spiritual way. And I feel that kinesiology sounds like something that works in that way, where it comes in in a very gut and an intuitive way. And then the information comes through you rather than coming in as language. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like Western medicine comes in as a pill that affects your body rather than coming in in a, a whole body way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that was one of the key components for your depression then. Yeah, that was helped me move forward, actually, because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have moved. Right. I wouldn't be the person I am sitting here right now because without <laughs> her, I, yeah, we some days we would be once a week or once a month depending on how I was feeling. But it was that I was continually moving forward. And we all get stuck. Depression to me is about being stuck. Mm. But I don't feel, it's. I keep thinking because the experience I've had of depression is leaning into it instead of pushing it away because that didn't work for me. Mm. And that there's something to be learned from it Mm. and getting stuck means that there's something there. Mm. (laughs) There's a blockage. There's a thing. There's something and that that's asking you to work mm. on it. That and it's to honor what you are actually going through and actually being present with it instead of fight. I think for me, instead of fighting that black tar, sitting in that black tar and working out what I had to do to get out of that. And I think that was really powerful because I think having that time, you learn a lot about, I learned a lot about who I was, but also my patterns of behavior that needed to change to move forward. And I love that image of you pulling yourself out of black tar and just setting yourself aside from it. That's a very powerful image. Mm. And I think a lot of people will relate to that. And then the other thing I really strongly relate to is the nature, Mm. nature component. Just walking, just listening, hug a tree. There is nothing more grounding than hugging a good, healthy tree. Be a tree hugger. (laughs) But it is because they are they they bring you back to the earth and they they help you. But just the fresh air. And I think after living in Hong Kong for so long that I forgot what fresh air actually did for you. Like my skin, my hair, but my whole well being. And sunshine. Blue sky, blue sky. <laughs> I had to move somewhere where there's sun all the time too. Yeah, it's important. It is. And I don't like being too cold either. Yeah. <laughs> can't be too cold little sunlight it's like a plant I'm just a little plant with my little fronds up and I'm like Some what do I need direction. yeah like I'm just gonna face toward the sun and open up my petals <laughs> the fundamental needs yeah yeah and we forget that we are at the base of it all such a different kind of animal mm. we have a lot of needs and you can fulfill those basic needs and be miserable yeah without filling up some of those nature needs and spiritual needs and connection to other people. Yeah, connection. I find a lot of that here. That's another thing I love about it. I remember from last summer, it was a different experience last summer too. There was a party feel for me. same here. We'd sit out on the patio and look at the view and the the swallows would be swooping in the evening light as the the sun was buzzing. And the bees buzzing and the flowers and we have a glass of wine and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And then suddenly it'd be nine o'clock and oh my gosh, we should get to sleep. This, you know, it's funny, but nine o'clock feels pretty late when you're out in the countryside. There's no light to keep you awake. Yeah. I had the similar experience. Like it was a, we had 11 people here mm-hmm. and from all over the world, but we spent a lot of time outside in the evenings because it was beautiful. But it was definitely a different vibe than the vibe this time. This vibe is much more mellow and chilled and we were respecting each other and what the muse has to offer. 
And I think the just my prescription from for the world is that we find a way that everyone has access to this kind of privilege. Absolutely. I don't know what that would take. But I I I it breaks my heart to think of people that grow up somewhere in whatever financial situation they're in, but grow up somewhere where they have no access to any of that, mm. where everything is a rush and a rush and a hurry and an anxiety and the pressures and get things done and work all the time and no air, no fresh air and no, no trees and no, no fresh water. And those are things I never want to take for granted or mm. forget to be grateful for. Very grateful for those things. It's very different this time. It's not as green because obviously there's no leaves. Right. So we're coming into spring. So last time it was just really lush, dry but lush. It's beautiful day. And I love that water just pours out of the side of the hill and everybody drinks it. And it just runs everywhere through people's houses. Where you grew up, was it like that? Is it water or is it? I grew up in a little place called Ballarat in Australia. I lived all over the place. But that's my mum and dad's homies. And we have a little creek at the back. But we grew up in a very wet part of Victoria, but we've also suffered drought. But mum and dad have planted trees all around our property. And these trees are now 25 years old and they're beautiful. So there's lots of lush vegetation, bushland. Mm. So And it's hot. It's close to the equator. Oh, no, no, it's down south. Down south. Yep, down south. So we get wet cold. We're one of the coldest and wettest places in Victoria. But it's beautiful. You're the Ireland of Victoria. (laughs) But it's beautiful. Like you look out at mum and dad's patio and we have native birds everywhere. And Mm. it's much like here as well. So going home is always a treat as well. Yeah. But it's beautiful. And it's the smell of the bush, just like what the smell is out of here in Lubbersteed. You would think, I grew up in the same way, like right near the shores of Lake Michigan in beautiful, lush countryside, all surrounded by nature. And sometimes I wonder, how can I have gone through so many periods of depression? Mm. No, exactly. <laughs> the sun shining. <laughs> Green. Although Water. the sun doesn't shine there. No, no, Michigan. Yeah. No. No. That's it really is. Arizona. The clouds roll in in November and they stay until April. Yeah. And you get a couple dry, crisp days in the winter of sun. But yeah. that gets me down. I do love the sun. Yeah, I love the sun too. Yeah. And I just wanted to pull out one other thing, which is the trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is, and how common that is. Mm. You're saying about opening up, you find that other people open up mm. too. That's something that's been really special at Lemuse is, Having confidence in myself and know that my voice is important and that my little story of my journey from childhood trauma to to now is that other people have gone through the same thing and it's probably the first time that I've actually met other people with a similar story because I've been confident to share mine and letting that little bit of light in again helps me understand that I'm okay and I don't I'm not what happened to me but I am who I am today because of what happened to me but no matter your age whether you're 33 or 70 someone has gone through something similar and it's been beautiful to connect with people here that have gone through things that weren't so easy and pleasant And you may have been surrounded by those people all the time, but not known it. And not actually know, because I've never had the confidence in myself to actually speak. And that goes back to my need for sunlight. I have to bring everything out in the sun. Yeah. 
And let then the it doesn't in. hurt anymore. No, exactly. Let the light in. <laughs> it's good. And that's, and that's something that's been really important for me in the last 12 months is the more light I let in, the easier it all becomes. Well, that is a perfect note to end the show on. Thanks so much for being on the depression session. Thank you for having me. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.